As it turned out, I ended up doing my uh, CPE in a program that was known as the Marine Corps Boot Camp of Clinical Pastoral Education in New York City. The reputation was well-earned. Not entirely necessary, mind you, but it was well-earned. And one of the moments that I will remember for a long time took place in the first week of that summer. Now, for those who aren't familiar with CPE, it's an intensive course, usually uh, 10 weeks in pastoral care and family systems for those preparing for ordination. It's what Will Bryant is currently doing back in North Carolina. What happened that first week is that our gruff and cantankerous director of the program gave us our instructions as to how we were to enter the rooms of patients, and particularly how we were not supposed to enter the room of those patients. You see, when we entered into someone's room, we were only to bring ourselves, nothing else. The Baptists couldn't bring a Bible. The Buddhist couldn't bring any teachings. The Episcopalian couldn't bring a book of common prayer. For those of us who were already unsure of what it would be like to encounter disease and suffering and death, well, it now became almost terrifying. What came clear in time, though, was that they didn't want us to enter what could be a holy encounter defended in any way. It's like what godly play teaches us about the parables that if we aren't open and paying close attention that we can walk right past them. And in fact, when I was paying attention, what often happened was that without a prayer book or a Bible to hide behind, I had to listen. I had to be present. And often what followed was intimate, confessional, painful, tender, and real. There have been many truths that I've carried with me from that summer spent in Washington Heights, but primary among them is the belief that some of the most important work in life that we do takes place when we are undefended. And then we get readings like our gospel passage for this morning from Matthew. And I just cannot believe in reading this over and again that the disciples were ready for what they faced. To his credit, Jesus doesn't try to make it pretty. In fact, he makes it very plain. Those who bear the good news will likely face rejection. There's a strong possibility of persecution. There will be intense resistance and even sabotage. Your own family may disown you. So on you go. Two by two with the threat of violence and perhaps even death lingering in the air. 
Even with this warning, I cannot imagine that they were entirely ready for it. And I know that teachers of this day did this all the time. They sent their students out to bear their messages. And yet, this week, more than most weeks, I have an inkling of how they might have felt. The nervous energy, the foreboding fear, the righteous belief that something must change. And that wily, disruptive spirit pulling forward. Friends, we have work to do. As a country, as a culture, as an economy, as a county, as a city, as a community, we have work to do. Some of the good news is that it appears that this is now clear to more people in the United States than perhaps ever before. But the road ahead will not be easy. And much of the work will begin right here. With a contrite heart, with an open mind, and with the willingness to change. It will mean being willing to face pain and despair, not just of decades, but of centuries. To acknowledge where I am and to learn where you are and to trust that the Spirit will be present in us and with us. And that in the midst of unjust structures that have been formed through intent and allowed through apathy over generations, that even now, even here, the kingdom of heaven can come near. 2,000 years ago, ready or not, there they went. Today, Ready or not, here we are. Where will we go? Well, I have a sense that whenever we seek the kingdom of heaven, we will enter spaces that are uncomfortable, perhaps even frightening. And that a trust in the Spirit of God is all that we will take with us on this journey. This is why Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he told those disciples to bring no coins or bag, no extra tunic or sandals or staff, because these items of protection will do us little good here. Now, at this point, I'm speaking particularly to people like me, white folks and others with cultural power and privilege. In order to engage the work of individual and communal repentance, or metanoia, we cannot bring with us the trappings that we often carry to protect ourselves. This is why Jesus 
tells his followers to head out without those things. This was not intended as punishment. More that there's a tremendous temptation to use these things to our own subtle advantage. Because gold and silver and copper, well, he's often enticed people to care for us. And with a stout staff, there's this urge to meet the coercive power of the other with our own coercive power. But I wonder if Jesus, and following Jesus, the director of that CPE program, knew of this work of holy encounter and knew that it only happens when we enter it undefended. Because listen to the ways that the kingdom of heaven is known to come near. Through healing and wholeness, through life-giving, through liberation. The kingdom of heaven does not come, it cannot come at the point of a sword or from the end of a baton. The kingdom of heaven cannot be forced on anyone but it can be witnessed by everyone. And in the past three weeks, in glimpses and in moments, thanks be to God, it has. For friends, as I preached a couple of weeks ago, I believe that the kind of change that we yearn for, the kind of change that removes the knee from the neck of black and brown folks, the kind of change that is a long, long time coming. This change will take concerted effort over a significant amount of time. This is a Kairos moment, make no mistake. And yet the structures do not reform overnight. But by God and with the steadfast dedication and faith of all kinds of people, and led by those who have borne the pain, change will come if we are willing to be sent into the harvest. For whenever a protester peacefully takes a kneel, the kingdom of heaven comes near. And whenever a police officer joins them, the kingdom of heaven comes near. Whenever a person of color declares their righteous truth and demands the justice they deserve, the kingdom of heaven comes near. Whenever a white person does the hard and holy work of coming to grips with the structures and practices of white supremacy, the kingdom of heaven comes near. Whenever the statues of slavers no longer reign on top of pedestals, the kingdom of heaven comes near. Whenever the mayor of a city, like London Breed of San Francisco, starts to reform the ways we respond to crisis and emergency in our cities, the kingdom of heaven comes near. Whenever the harvest of the Lord is brought in, whether it be this day or any of the rest of our days, whenever we set aside bag and staff, privilege and power, Whenever we act with compassion, that is, the willingness to suffer alongside another, the kingdom of heaven 
for one and for all, eternal and now, comes near.